Turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 54, verse 2. I have a very important question for you today. What time is it? What time is it? I have a watch on. Plus, Jerry puts this clock back there that keeps me on time. It has nothing to do with what time it physically is. What time is it? There was a morning wake-up call that a southern Mississippi radio announcer used every morning. And it went like this. Good morning. It's a brand new day. Ain't never been used before. You got that? Excuse me, I do know my English and I apologize for that, but it, I think it's cute. It ain't never been used before. You know, I think that can easily adapt to where we are today. You see, we're facing a brand new day. We're basically in our country and in the world, we're facing a brand new period of time as well. You know, we don't quite know what's going to happen around us as we look around. So maybe we could easily adapt this and say, good morning. It's a brand new day. Ain't never been used before. So as we think about that today, let me ask you something. What is your perspective of the future? What does your future hold for you? Now, this is a good time in your church as you're getting ready to start your Wednesday night programs and get a chance to be feeding on something. And you might think, well, this is another, just another fad of the pastor. You know, he, he gets away with it. But let me tell you, this is a great season that you guys are beginning because you get to start a brand new time, a brand new day of having some adventure, having some study in God's word and getting to eat all you want. And you get to come to the point, if you would, of having some new thoughts, new dreams, you can see God fulfilling the, the vision that he has through the pastor. You can see all these things happening. Or you can go back and say, well, it's just, it's just life. It doesn't matter. Oh, ho-hum, we're just going to leave it the way it always has been. and It's not going to make any difference whatsoever. But I want to encourage you to think of a brand new word today. And the word is extension. Now... I used to work with power tools a lot because I wanted to be a carpenter, but God had a different plan 48 years ago. So in my garage, I have several different extension cords. Now those extension cords plug into an outlet and they allow me to use the power tools wherever I happen to be at that moment, right? So they extend, they go beyond. Well, today when I think about the extension, I'm thinking about going beyond where you're at today. Going beyond the status quo, if you would. Going beyond the, the place where you're at right now and begin looking to what God has beyond that point. Think about that, how God can do that. In fact, the word extension, you can break it into two words. X is out of something. Now, I want you out of the whole hum that you're in, okay? And then... Tension is, there's always a struggle. There's always a struggle of going forward or going backwards. And as you think about that, you know, I'm a golfer. Any golfers in here? No golfers? Okay. Guys, I need to talk to you because i got a tournament coming on I'd love you to play in. Um, 
But I have a good friend that's almost 80 years old. And he comes up and he hits the golf ball and says, it's not what it used to be. You should have saw what it used to be. Well, the used to be's are no more, okay? Are you with me? We have to put the used to be's away because the used to be's are no longer relative at this point. So when we're talking about tension, we're talking going beyond where we are today to someplace new, someplace different, and, and going forward, if you would. Extension means I'm going beyond that plug to someplace else, from where I'm at to a new place to use those power tools. But what we're talking about is going beyond where we're at today to where God can use us in a totally different way. And it's very interesting when you talk about the word extension. Um, sometimes we have to have a, a whole new attitude, our attitude. We have to allow God to use us in a different way than he ever has before. And sometimes it's really hard for us to do that. So we have to have an attitude that says, God, I want you to use me in a new way. I want you to go beyond because I know you'll give me the power. I know you'll give me the grace. I know you'll give me all that I need to do that. But sometimes we have to think of the word extension to our church too. Think about it for just a moment. It's gonna require us to abandon where we're at today to go to someplace new. Now, you may be really comfortable today. You may be really, really comfortable today. But God sometimes has to take you out of that comfort zone to get you to go where he wants you to go, technology once again, and have fun with you. Sometimes it requires us to be discontent with where we are today that we can look forward to God wants to do something new tomorrow. And so I want to ask you if you, in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 2, one simple verse I'm going to use as our text today. And I want you to realize that Isaiah is challenging the children of Israel. Right now they have come back to the promised land, but their country is in bad shape. It was destroyed when they left and it hasn't been repaired. And they're just sort of looking at it and saying, wow, it used to be like this, but it's not anymore. And Isaiah is challenging them with an idea of hope, hope for a future. Give them a new chance to go forward at that point. And over the years, the secure children of Israel have sort of become complacent. They've sort of gotten to the point that they feel comfortable where they're at right now. And yet they hadn't fulfilled all that God wanted them to do. And so he challenges them. He challenges them to remember that they're still called to fulfill God's great mission. And you know why the children of Israel had to get that nation back up? They had to provide the Messiah. You know the Messiah, the one we worship as Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? He still had to come out of the nation of Judah. And so they had to get back into that land. They had to fulfill what God wanted them to do. And so God challenges them through Isaiah to remember that they still are called. They still have this divine destiny that must be fulfilled. So look at the real simple verse of you, Isaiah 54, verse two. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent 
curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen the cords. Strengthen your stakes. That's a pretty interesting thought there, isn't it? But let us just use that today if we could. See, they had to quit being content where they're at and strive to go forward with God. Well, I want you to notice three things here first. First of all, there's the idea that they have to look to extend. He says, enlarge the place of your tent. Now, I drove around Paris a little bit this morning. I didn't see a single tent here. Anybody of you live in a tent? Now, I know if you went over to Lake Paris, there's probably some tent people over there. It's cool enough that you can be in a tent right now. But what does that really mean to you? We don't live in tents. I think it was telling the children of Israel they got to have a whole new attitude. And our attitude will determine what God can and will do with us. Our attitude. Not that Almighty God isn't capable of doing anything He wants, because He is. But our attitude will determine how much He can use us. See, I was a paper boy for a long time. I grew up in Long Beach, and I delivered the Long Beach Independent Press Telegram for about four years. You've been there? All right. Well, I did it for like four years, and there were some people I really disliked on my paper route. Those were SOs. You know what SO was? Sunday only. And they only wanted the paper on Sunday morning. You know the big, fat, thick ones that I had to carry extra paper bags on my bike because they wanted this Sunday paper only. They didn't care about six days of the news. They only wanted it. They wanted the TV guide. They wanted the parade section and whatever, all the ads. Well, it doesn't make a paper boy very happy having all that stuff, but they were SO people. Well, you know what? I've also found out in 48 years of ministry, there's a lot of people in the church that are SO people. They only want to give God X number of hours a day on Sunday because that's the only day that God can do what God wants to do, right? What a waste. And God says, you've got to extend beyond that. You've got to go beyond that. Some people I found out in 48 years of ministry want it the way it always used to be. But is that not limiting God, what God can do? Because God says, I want to do something for you. And I don't want to limit God. See, the church is a reflection of what we believe God can and will do among us. So I'm going to ask you another question. How much can God do with our church, with your church? Paris Valley Church. You know, in Luke chapter 18, verse 27, it says, what is impossible with man is possible with God. So let me ask you, do you really believe that? Okay, talk to me a little bit. Do you really believe that? Do you really, really believe that? Come on, yes. wake up with me here. Yes. Okay, the hard question is, are you practicing that? Yes. It's one thing to tell me you believe it. But it's totally different Tell me you're practicing it and doing what God wants you to do. See, we need to look beyond. We need to be prepared for God to do what God wants to do because God has a great plan. God has a purpose in our life. And God will work. God is at work around us all the time. But you and I are only going to see what God is doing when we're prepared, when we're ready to see what he's doing. So how do you prepare for God's work? Well, first thing I'd ask you to do 
is to confess your sins and make sure you're right with God. Make sure that he's working in your life and you're dealing with him in the right way. And then seek him. Ask him to do something. Ask him to let you see what he's doing. Ask him to use you. But then you got to do one other thing. You got to do that believe part. Follow what he asks you to do. You see, I found out in the ministry, God asked every one of us as believers to do something. Sometimes we say, well, God, I won't do that something. And the moment you say, I won't do that, God sort of says, we'll get back to that. And I'm not going to do anything in your life until you do what I've asked you to do. Because we are called to be obedient servants. We are called to do what he's asked us to do. And so he takes us to that point. So let me ask you another question. How did you prepare for today's service? Physically, you all look clean and you smell pretty good as I walked around. Well, some of you, I don't know. How did you prepare spiritually for the service today? Did you pray asking God to bless the church as they gather today? Did you ask God to bless the word of God that would be preached in a little while? Did you ask God to bless the pastor who would be standing before you sharing the word? Did you ask God to allow his Holy Spirit to work in this place today? You see, we have to prepare spiritually for God to work. We have to be ready to go beyond where we are today so that God can do what God wants to do. In 1770, James Robinson was a 28-year-old man who crossed from North um, Carolina across the mountains and walked into the Wachuga Valley of Eastern Tennessee. He walked in with his horse and his dog. I guess he was walking at that moment because that's what the story says. And then he spent a few weeks planting a seed of corn, a field of corn that he would come back and harvest someday. And then he went home. Well, Robinson didn't go home to stay home in North Carolina. He came back with 16 families and settled that area. But he wasn't finished yet. He kept working, he kept wanting to do it. And so a few years later, he had another urge to push west. So Robinson and eight other men later pioneered, pioneered excuse me, the area called Salt Lake, Tennessee. Anybody know where Salt Lake, Tennessee is? Anybody ever heard of the city of Nashville? Salt Lake, Tennessee is Nashville. Robinson cared about it, but he still wasn't done yet. And so he devised a plan with John Donaldson that they would still go west and they would expand the area where Salt Lake was to include the greater Nashville area. So Donaldson went down the river and Robinson went over the mountains and they met on Christmas Eve day, 1979, excuse me, 1779 in Nashville. And so at that point, that began that whole expansion of that area. See, they weren't satisfied with just being in the Salt Lick area. They wanted to expand it out. And if you've been to Nashville today, you realize it's just like LA. We were a small town one time. Nah, now we're everywhere, right? 
and it's even gone out here to Riverside County. But Robinson still wasn't satisfied. And so the rest of his life, he kept pushing farther west until he finally got to the Mississippi and he settled most of that area and brought people in to live that. See, each of us have an attitude about our church. What's your attitude about church? Maybe it's one of these three. I, I thought of three that might go, my church is okay. My church is not okay. My church one day will be okay. And I want you to know all three of those have the problem. Because we need to go beyond all three of them sound inadequate if you stop and think about it. And we need to have that desire to go forward. And I believe God honors those who go and seek out what he wants to keep doing. But the second thing, not only do we have to learn that, but we need to learn through extension. Basically what Isaiah was telling the people of Israel here, look at your homeland. Look at this place that I've called the promised land that you came to years ago. Look at it, it's in ruin. It's destroyed, it's overrun. It's in waste. And the prophet was trying to shock the people into thinking about what God had promised them. What God said you could have and yet you're not taking it right now. He wasn't intending to be critical. He was just trying to get them to go beyond where they are right now. Rather than encourage them to experience what God wanted for them, he wanted them to see what God's plan was for his people. Remember, I already said what that plan was. He still had to bring the Messiah through them because he'd forecast it. He'd told it was going to happen, and it still had to happen. He said that the land could flourish, it could grow, it could, it could be great again. So he uses three, four verbs here, and I want to look at those for just a moment. But they're all action words that you and I need to take. First he said, provide adequately, enlarge your tents. Now again, we don't live in tents. I'm not asking you to go enlarge your house, but he's encouraging him to, to stretch out, to enlarge, make it bigger, to, to, to stretch the curtains. See, he's giving the children of Israel the opportunity to envision growth, to dream, to go beyond where they are today. Now, many, 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 many years ago, um, I went to a conference and they gave me this little button and that little button had 12 or 13 different letters on it. And those letters did not make what, any sense whatsoever when you first saw them. But what those letters really meant is, please be patient with me. God is not finished with me yet. Well, that's exactly what Isaiah is saying to the children of Israel here. God's not finished with you yet. He still has a divine plan to carry out with you. So you need to enlarge your tents and get ready. Now we need to get beyond that. We need a vision beyond where we're at today. We need to have a vision to go forward. God still wants to do things. Some of you to do that, you have to get back in the ball game. Some of you have taken yourself and put yourself on the be a bench warmer. God has no bench warmer in his plan. He says, we're the church. We have the opportunity. God has given you spiritual gifts. He given you spiritual gifts that you might follow what God has for you to do. 
And if you don't use those spiritual gifts, something's going to be lacking in the body of Christ. He, God, expects us to have growth. So ask God for it. Ask God for the strength to do it. Seek his will and do it. But then he, the, now the next word he says, this provides stability. He says lengthen. See, once the tent is bigger, you got to lengthen the rope that's going to hold that tent up. You know, it's just like when you build a building. If you only build a little baby foundation, you can only build a little building on top of that foundation, right? But if you want to grow that, you've got to grow that foundation. And as we think about that, we realize he's talking about building the foundation. But we need to provide, lengthen the ropes, if you would, to, to provide stability, provide some strength. Now, I spent the last 48 years really studying churches. And I realized in churches that it's very important. Every generation of believers in that church has to pass stability on to the next generation. Now, I'm not talking about 40-year generations. Maybe it'd be seven. Maybe some of you guys are original ones that started with Pastor Chris seven or eight years ago when he started Paris Valley Church. Some of you may not be. Some of you may be the next generation. Some of you may be a generation after that. See, he's put different generations together, but each generation provides the stability for the next generation. But sometimes there's a glitch here that happens. Sometimes we lose that stability from one generation to the next, and the church wavers. That's exactly what was happening with the children of Israel. They had lost that initial vision God had given the children. Isaiah was trying to get them to re-envision it again, provide stability so that they could reach their full potential. Now we realize that Judah was going to reach his potential, but it's going to take a while. They had to get out of it. And sadly, I feel when churches feel unstable, churches suffer. People suffer. And they hurt. But there's a third thing here, he says, provide some permanence. Strengthen your stakes. How many of you ever be uh, tent camped? I probably spent the first third. Nobody ever camped in here? One of you honest enough to Okay, I see a couple of hands. Now let me ask you, when you when you set your tent up and you were only going to stay one night, how deep did you put the stakes in? But if you were going to spend a couple maybe a week there. How far did you drive in those puppies? You put them in as far as you can. Now, I, I lived in San Diego for 29 years. We loved to camp on the beach, you know, and the kids always had to stay in the tent. We stayed in the RV. Um, <laughs> that's after I was, you know, to the point I could own an RV. But we knew that you had to drive that stake in to keep that thing in place. Now, you only drive in those stakes as deep as long as you're planning to stay there. You see, there's sort of a problem happening today in church. People come into a church, say, well, this is where God wants me. And they take the hammer out and they drive in. And then when things don't go the way they wanted to, they pull the stake out and pick off. That's not what he's saying right here. He's saying, drive that stake in the ground. 
Stay put. Because God has put you there. I believe it's God's intention that his covenant people be anchored to the church. Stake to the church. Stake to God. What does it mean? Drive in those stakes. What does it mean to you? Take on a ministry. Don't expect Pastor Chris or Jerry to do it all. They can't do it. This is for somebody who spent 48 years in pastoral ministry. There's no way they could do any more than what their spiritual gifts will allow them to do. They get tired. They get worn out. But I tell you what, if some of you will drive in that stake and use your spiritual gifts that God has given you to fulfill the ministry he has. Pray. Driving in the stake, praying, asking God to direct you to your fullest potential. Change that short-term attitude and drive in the stakes. Become part of the strength of the church rather than its wobbliness. Some of you today, that may mean you need to make a commitment to this church. Become members of this local body of believers. Put it there. Become part of this church. Not just attend week after week. It's good to see you, but it's more important if you're part of the body to know that you can be counted on. Why? It strengthens the body. It also gives you an opportunity to use the spiritual gifts God has you. But there's something else I think we need to look at. Third thing is I want to call you, we need to lean on the greatest extender. God calls us to increase our efforts, spend more energy, have a new vision, and then we react, God, I'm just too tired. I've done that before. It got me nothing then, it's not gonna do anything now. You see, we're just like our society, are we not? We're fatigued. We're worn out. Why? Maybe we're dissatisfied because we're not seeing things happening around us. That speaks to your attitude, really. Does it not? Because God is working around us. Quite often we want to see something entirely of God. You know, we probably won't see visions. We probably won't see angels. We probably won't see flames of tongues coming down on us. We probably won't even see the ocean part in front of us. Why? Because God's not a God of repetition. He never does it. But we need to lean on him because what's impossible with man is possible with God. See, not only did he challenge them with what it could be, but he gave them a promise back a couple chapters earlier. In Isaiah 43, verse 19, he said this, and I'd encourage you to write that down and look at it later. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. See, God in his chosen way wants us as individuals and as a church to go forward. He wants us not to be where we're at. We need to be trusting him to do a new thing. We need to be trusting him to do what he wants to do. We need to be asking him for the strength to do it. Not telling you I'm too tired to do that. So you're going to say, I, I, I can almost hear you a week from Wednesday night. 
Oh, I'm too tired to go to church on Wednesday night. Oh, it's been so busy today. Work has been horrendous. The kids have been bad. Get off your royal bottom and get to church. Get some food in you. Now, I don't look like I missed too many meals. That's okay, you can laugh. But see, I, I would never made it as a believer in Christ Jesus without that food, without that spiritual food. Pastor's offering you that food. I don't know what he's offering you on Wednesday night because he doesn't say that. But the food opportunity is going to be there. Are you going to get beyond yourself and allow God to do something new for you? So what time is it? I think it's time to go forward. Here's we're almost to October 2021. Excuse me, 2022. Let me ask you to just bow your heads for just a moment. Dave's going to come up and play behind us. Some of you today, the most important thing you probably need to do is trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you've never come to that point in your life, it's okay to know about him. It's great to quote all the Bible verses, but until you've entered into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you're missing out. You see, he wants to change your life from the inside out. He doesn't want you to follow a bunch of rules and regulations. He wants to change you. And then you need, some of you maybe need to follow him by following in baptism. He's commanded that we follow him, we do in obedience to him what he did. Others here today maybe need to make a commitment to this local church. Quit playing around, become part of something that God is gonna use. Others today, maybe you need to open your hearts and your lives so God can again work in you. So I believe the time is that we go forward with God. Today, if I need to pray for you, in one of those areas or something else, and you just want prayer, would you just lift your hands with everybody's eyes closed? I can pray for you just a second. Anybody in here today? Father, I see these hands and I do ask you, as Almighty God, that you open our eyes and show us what you want to do. Show us how we can be part of it. And Lord, give us the strength. Lord, give us the gumption to get off our royal bottoms and do something about it. Lord, that you might be glorified through us and through your son, Jesus Christ. We'll thank you now for these that were brave enough to raise their hands. I pray you'll bless them in a special way. Lord, give them what they need today that they too might respond to you. In your name we pray. Dave, lead us in a song, if you would.